So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Spiritual covering, as theorized by those who teach, promulgate, and adhere to it, is an absolute myth. No semblance of the version of spiritual covering taught by its proponents exists anywhere within the pages of Holy Writ. Spiritual covering, in the vein that it is presented by its proponents and proliferators, is an unmitigated lie and complete myth. It is a complete fabrication concocted by the originators of these fallacious doctrines by which to facilitate and perpetuate their purely self-aggrandizing objectives of subjugation, domination, and control of the sheep of God's flock. What the discipleship proponents refer to as spiritual covering is really spiritual control. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. Five Coverings With respect to our subject matter, the sum of what we will discover in these pages is that there are five coverings mentioned in the Word of God four of which are authored or made by God himself, and therefore are holy, good, and proper. The other covering is authored by Satan, and therefore is unholy, evil, and improper, and is instituted by Satan's human agents or cooperatives on earth in the natural realm. The Covering of Divine Protection The third covering mentioned in the Bible is the temporal covering that the Lord Himself, not through any human proxies, provides unto every genuine believer during their life on earth. The full force of this covering, I believe the Bible indicates, is activated when a person surrenders his, her, heart, and life to the Lord Jesus Christ and is born again. This covering is a shield of protection and safety 
that a genuinely born-again believer experiences during the course of his, her, lifetime to shield them from the kinds of catastrophe and tragedy to which non-believers of the world are subject. Psalm 91 is perhaps the most descriptive passage of Scripture regarding this divine covering. Verse 4 summarizes it, quote, He will cover you with his pinions, feathers of his wings, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark, end quote. The psalm's first verse informs us about the supernatural shelter that God's shadow provides unto those who abide in it. Quote, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. End quote. The second verse is an exaltation unto God, extolling him as a refuge and fortress for all those who put their trust in him. Quote, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. End quote. The psalmist further extols God in the third verse for being the one, quote, who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence, end quote. The rest of the psalm delineates the multiplicity of benefits of protection and safety the believer who truly puts his trust in God will receive as a result. Psalms 91, 5 through 16. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see 
my salvation. There are many more references in the Bible I could cite regarding the divine covering provided by God to believers. But space and time simply will not allow it. Suffice it to say that this covering is one of the many benefits every person who surrenders his, her life to the Lord throughout his, her lifetime on the earth. By no means does this mean that believers will not experience many troubles, trials, temptations, and tribulations during their lifetime. They will. Jesus said we all would. Quote, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. End quote. John 16.33 The Apostle Paul taught the early church believers and us today as well. Quote, Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. End quote. Acts 14.22 Nevertheless, this covering of protection the Lord provides those who dwell in His shelter and abide in His shadow is a safeguard from the constant and unending devastations and decimation of catastrophe and tragedy many of the unbelieving and unsaved of the world experience during their lifetimes. Those of us who have put our trust in the Lord should always be mindful and grateful that no matter what tribulations and persecutions we have suffered, it literally could very well be worse. But thanks to God's providential protection, it wasn't and isn't. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, says the Lord in Scripture. Ephesians 4 Bible College offers 300 cutting-edge, customized, online degree and certificate programs to help you meet that biblical exhortation. Competitive, affordable, pay-as-you-go tuition rates. Learn more at Ephesians4.net. The Demonic Covering of Satanic Witchcraft the fourth covering is the false satanic covering of witchcraft that humans exert over other people who allow them to in order to control and dominate them as pawns unto their own self-aggrandizing purposes and objectives. The latter is the covering that ecclesiastical autocrats, i.e. sorcerers, exert over their followers, both of whom are referred to in the following passage that describes this demonic covering as, quote, rebellious children, end quote. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, and that cover with a covering, 
but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to go down into Egypt, symbol of captivity in Scripture, and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, symbol of Satan and autocratic dictators in Scripture, and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. For his princes were at Zoan, a.k.a. Goshen, where Pharaoh met with Moses and Aaron, Easton's Bible Dictionary, and his ambassadors came to Haines. They were all ashamed of a people that could not profit them, nor be an help, nor profit, but a shame, and also a reproach. Isaiah 30, 1-5, KJV We can see from this passage that Satan himself, not God, is the author of the false covering that it describes. It indicates that this covering is incapable of bringing any profit or benefit or help whatever to those who entrusted their lives to it. Rather, it brought the ostensibly unaware victims of this covering shame and reproach before man and God. We can deduce from this passage that such a covering is a complete abomination to God. The reason is because it is about trusting in man and the deceptions of Satan that are behind this covering. The following passage reveals why it is that Satan deals with coverings in his administration as the, quote, ruler of this world, end quote. John twelve thirty one sixteen eleven 16, 11, NASB, quote, the God of this world, end quote, 1 Corinthians 4, 4, quote, the prince of this world, end quote, John 15, 30, 12, 31, 16, 11, KJV, and, quote, the prince of the power of the air, end quote, Ephesians 2, 2, which is that, Prior to his rebellion and insurrection against God and consequential fall into utter apostasy and perdition, he was, quote, the anointed cherub who covers, end quote. Lucifer was the covering cherub. That's why he now deals with false and diabolical coverings by which he deceives those who will, despite the revelation and warnings given in the word of God, allow themselves to be duped and pulled into his clandestine schemes of deception. Ezekiel twenty-eight eleven through 18 
Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation over the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald, and the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets, was in you. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings, that they may see you. By the multitude of your iniquities, in the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. Therefore, I have brought fire from the midst of you. It has consumed you, and I have turned you to ashes on the earth in the eyes of all who see you. Are you enjoying this podcast? Would you take just a minute to think about all the precious resources it takes to produce and make available a resource such as this? Time, talent, thinking, planning, preparing, studying, writing, editing, organizing, recording, audio editing, a multiplicity of post-production and publishing tasks, and on and on it goes. The big professional news and media companies employ 10 to 20 people to produce a presentation such as this podcast at a cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you enjoy the program, would you be so kind as to take a minute and pray to ask God if he would have you lend a helping hand our way in the form of financial support? In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash SLMINC to make a donation of any amount. Your gifts would be so greatly appreciated.
and used for the glory of God in the production of this program. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you abundantly for your generosity and graciousness. The Familial Covering The fifth covering mentioned in the Bible is the only God-ordained and proper covering relative to human relationships, which is the spiritual covering that the husband and father provides over his wife and family. We will discuss that covering in some depth in the context of the next chapter in which I refer to this covering using the alternate terms of familial or domestic authority. Multitudes of sincere and trusting believers are caught in the virtually invisible web of religious captivation in the churches they attend the ministries they are under, and the networks they are aligned with, and don't know it. I'm Stephen Lambert, the author of the now classic book on the topic of hyper-authoritarianism or spiritual abuse in neo-Pentecostal churches. Learn more at charismatic-captivation.com. That's charismatic-captivation.com. Biblical and Proper Precept of Spiritual Covering Discipleship proponents point to a particular Pauline dissertation found in the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians as the primary purported proof text for their concept of spiritual covering. It will soon be evident, however, that as is typical of the other aspects of discipleship errors. The assertions made on the basis of these verses are the product of blatant perversion, distortion, misrepresentation, and misapplication of the true import and intent of the passage. The unfortunate effect of this corruption of canon is essentially the same as that which inured unto the Galatians, which was that they became guilty of deserting Christ for a different Christ and a different gospel. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another only there are some who are disturbing you and who want to distort the gospel of Christ. Galatians 1, 6 Proofing the Proof Text The following is the passage from which the concept of spiritual covering, as well as several other assertions made by discipleship proponents, is interpolated. It will be a basis for much of what we discuss in this chapter. Thus, I have set it in verse format for easier reference. Also, I have added some explanations appearing in italics and parentheses to assist in understanding the true import of what is being said in these verses. 
1 Corinthians 11, 2 through 16. Now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold firmly to the traditions just as I have delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man, or husband, is the head of a singular woman, wife, and God is the head of Christ. Every man who has something on his head, Christ, while praying or prophesying, disgraces his head, Christ. But every woman who has her head uncovered, not under the authority of her husband, while praying or prophesying, disgraces her head, her husband. For she is one and the same with her whose head is shaved, a symbol for a woman taken captive from vanquished enemies and forced against her will to become an Israelite's wife. For if a woman does not cover her head, allow the authority of her husband to cover and protect her from the spiritual deception of the fallen angels, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and glory of God. But the woman, wife, is the glory of man, husband. For man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have authority on her head because of the fallen angels. However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originates from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman, and all things originate from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, type for covering, it is a dishonor to him. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering, a protection. But if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. Now, I don't want to be crass or unkind, but in my opinion, a person must have a doctorate in absurdity or be totally brainwashed 
to read this text and in all sincerity and earnestness conclude that it says what discipleship proponents and adherents assert that it says. Indeed, this text has been used as a premise for a number of pretty silly and bizarre notions, ranging from the role of women in the church all the way to the assertion that God is saying here that women are supposed to wear little doilies on their heads when they attend church. So let's examine this passage and see what it really says and what it does not say. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God, all things are possible, and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.